Ode to a Lost Explorer. This is a fictional travel blog for the procedurally generated universe of No Man's Sky. All content within this audiobook is copyright 2016-2018 Andreas Constantine. All related No Man's Sky logos and or information included in this novelization are owned by Hello Games. Welcome, interlopers, to the fictitious podcast novelization through the procedurally generated universe of No Man's Sky. Chapter 14, Mirrors in Her Eyes One, two, three, four, five sentinel ships were heading directly toward us. From the blue hangar doors, the Viking ships flew out of our freighter and on an intercept course. The Sentinel ships, however, abruptly broke off their attack and turned back to the freighter. Ha! Huh. Sentinel drawing Viking ships closer to freighters added firepower. Silly Viking! The chief snickered. Steadfast, the Viking hurtled after them, indifferent to the odds against them. Their hate for the Sentinels bypassed any other emotion or purpose. Viking now berserk, no longer care about us, the chief said. I breathed a sign of relief, feeling the gas already wearing off. Putting on the tough guy facade had worn me out. By the by, Traveler did fine job and saved crew. But why Sentinel Freighter appear here now? The chief wondered. All Gex gathered round, gurgling and cheering in their usual peculiar way taking turns to give me a hug. One of the Gek crew shouted, And we all turned to look outside. What is it? I asked. Look, the chief said. Two long contrails from the freighter starboard trailed into the hangar bay. Contrails of two ships that had landed and no one had seen coming. Our intruders, the chief cried. Panic spread amongst the Gek. We ran up a short flight of stairs to the hangar bay observation window and looked down. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Fighter number seven and the hauler, and Kalo helping Arya down from the hauler. She looked ill. Kalo was covering her with a cloak. The chief and I raced down to help them. Take me to the navigation console, she pleaded. Her voice rasped and brittle, like a child spent from crying. Together we brought Arya up to the bridge and placed her on a chair beside the console. She looked like a ghost. Her face was pale white. The chief gave her a warm tea to drink, helping her hold the cup up to her lips, lips which had lost their luster. The chief briefed them by recounting how we dealt with the Vikings, and Arya looked at me and smiled. You did well, she said, and took my hand. Her hand was as cold as ice. I held it with both my hands trying to give her my warmth. She held on gently. I looked at her as she closed her eyes for a moment, seemed to be sleeping. Time to go. She woke and turned to the chief. Now. I'm losing control. And for the first time, I saw it, clear as day. The cloak, which Kalo had covered it with, had fallen wayside, revealing a dark impression on her chest, a burning red sphere, which was pulsating faintly. They called you an abomination. They said you're not a traveler. Arya turned back to me. Her hazy eyes looked into mine, like dying orbs fading into the night. The Viking didn't want to understand. 
They're filled with rage. They think I'm part of it. They hate the Atlas, calling it a false god. What do you call it? I asked. She took her time, turning to see if the chief was preparing to leave, and then spoke. A broken god, maybe. And what about you, Arya? They called you the ancient Atlas Stone Warrior. I pointed at her chest, at the soft sphere pulsating in her fragile body. With effort, she pulled the cloak over herself, covering the red glow. I am what I am, but what I'm not is the Atlas. The ancient stone was part of the beginning and is still accessible, but only because I survived this long. Through the passage of time oscillations and unknown resets, I have learnt the code and wavered each end, only to return to each beginning. I was there in the beginning, and I was there at each and every end. But now it's time to go. I'm tired, very tired of this. The Atlas is unreliable and volatile. Each of its incarnations share its cold core. The Travelers are all I have. You and the others, your presence gives me hope. Did you bring that Sentinel freighter here? I asked her, genuinely curious. Yes, I had to find a way to distract the Viking, to get them off our ship. But I also had to help Kalo get back. By coupling the Atlas, I was able to summon the Sentinel freighter here. Now I understood why the Viking called her an abomination. It was her connection to the Atlas. They think she's part of it, as she has the ability to link into the Atlas to access data, instructions, and information for her benefit. But it weakens her when she does, like a virus attacking the host. The host's antibodies fight back, but weakening her. But all of this did not explain how she was able to do this in the first place, and more importantly, I still could not understand what she was. What she is. Ready to jump. Turning to Arya, Kalo asked. But where? Give me the panel. Arya requested. Kalo passed her the handheld input panel to the central navigation console, and Arya punched in the coordinates. We have to get to the center. There's not much time left before things fall apart. First, however, we have to find Tagiko. Who's Tagiko? I asked. Special trade envoy for Merchant's Guild. Tagiko is friend and business associate, Kalo explained. Why do we need Tagiko? To buy back my ship, Arya said. You have a ship? Yes, I have a ship. Why did you sell it? I pawned it for money. We needed money, but now we need it back. Otherwise, we won't be able to get to the center. I was confused. What do you mean center? Center of what? The center of the galaxy, of course. That's where the Black Portal is, and my ship is the only one capable of taking us there, or rather, finding where it is. Kayla had taken the handheld input panel back from Aria. Hold tight. Whooping freighter jumping! There was that same loud pop like a bubble bursting as the freighter jumped, leaving behind the Sentinels and Vikings entangled in their brawl of historic animosity. We emerged into a prosperous trading system beside a massive space station shaped like two pyramids joined at their base. A giant dome dominated the point of one pyramid and the station's propulsion engine retained the other. The entire structure was awash in orange and green borders, lit from a single bright sun. Arya was back on her feet, her complexion already returning to normality, which was not surprising since she was no longer linked to the Atlas. Kalo. Load up the hauler with all of the resources we've collected. It should be enough. Arya said. Tzadeko has sent signal and is waiting. 
Kalos said, and left with the crew to help load up the hauler. The chief remained on the bridge, while Arya asked I accompany her to the hydroponics bay. She sat while I remained standing, overlooking the bay. The air was full of aromas from the diverse plant life. This is where I find solace, among the plants and the flowers. I feel their energy, which they've so kindly shared with me. She gestured I sit beside her, which I did. There was something overpowering in her movements, a majesty I just could not place, but was ever-present. She turned to me and asked, Do you remember anything from before? She checked to see if I understood the question. Before you lost your memories? I tried to remember what I could, focusing on fleeting moments. My eyes fell on a blossoming star bramble beside me, its cluster of blue-white flowers growing magically like starlight. I remember the late spring night, as a child, a clear night full of stars. I'm wandering alone in a garden that's bigger than anything I've known till then. I think it's my home. Everything seems familiar, and I've sneaked outside. I shouldn't be outside, but I am, and I feel excited. The rest is a blank. I turned to look at Arya. Her eyes were so deep in reflection it frightened me. She did not say anything, but waited for me to continue. There's some, there's someone there, but I can't see them. I think we're friends, or at least I know them. Another gap. I'm inside a building. It's not my home. I can hear voices, students. It's a university. A gap. I was still focused on her eyes. Mirrors. Her eyes were mirrors reflecting my thoughts. I should have been terrified, but the soft humming sounds emanating from the hydroponic trays seemed to nullify my senses and any response. Time shifts again. I'm in a sunken room, sitting in a reclined chair. There are wires and cables stretched out over the floor, leading away from me up into some spherical room and everything is connected to me. Looking up, there's a woman looking down at me from behind a window. I can't see her clearly, so I'm unsure if I know her. Gap. Darkness. Blinding light. I felt my body shivering, perspiration trickling down my face. I could sense Arya analyzing my every word. Shadows. I'm cataloging all these plants, strange life forms, so many geological formations, and worlds. Endless worlds. There's an accident, a malfunction on my ship, or not. I feel severed from the connection. I've crashed on a planet. I'm lost. Lost from my mind. I don't know who I am, and nothing seems to be working. I stopped and looked down at the floor. It looked real, solid. I looked up at Arya again. Then, Kalo found me. Interesting, Arya stated. We seem to share an event, a possible reason to continue. What do you mean? I asked. Your journey here seems familiar. I've many memories. I think one of them is you. I still don't understand. If we reach the center, maybe you will. We're ready to go. Caleb was standing at the hydroponic bay doors, looking fretful. How long had he been standing there? Are you a No Man's Sky fan, player, enthusiast, or just a fan of space fiction? Well, please enjoy this audiobook now, subscribe to the channel, or visit the actual novelization written by Andres Constantine at ode2elasticexplorer.wordpress.com. Until the next time, keep exploring, interlopers.